Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 36th episode of the Soccer Scene, joined once again by Noel O'Connor and myself, Adrian Finnan, as we digest the FAI Cup semi-final defeat for 3D United uh, last weekend, while also previewing the, this week's uh, fixture with Wexford FC, which is the final league fixture of the season for 3D United, before they enter the playoffs, which we'll also discuss uh, briefly towards the end as we build up to a uh, double clash with Waterford next week, beginning Wednesday week. Noel, plenty for us uh, to discuss this evening. Looking back at that Derry game, Noel, Derry obviously come out with a 2-1 victory. I think it's fair to say, Noel, after 15 minutes, we were all dreading what was going to follow. Um, Derry started off really well, scored two goals, good quality goals, but Treaty will actually be disappointed, I feel, with, with the, the way they defended uh, a couple of the goals as well. Um, they reacted quite well, Noel, fair to say, in terms of their the defensive shape and and their effort, and obviously Ender Curran got them back into the game with a well-won penalty from Jack Lynch. Uh, he was very clever for the penalty. It, from a from a position where it looked like it may have had similar, you know, inklings to the likes of maybe Drubbing's Tatlone in the past, to then turn it around and only lose by the odd goal, and even possibly get a late equaliser. You know, there was a lot of pride in the end in the performance, and a lot of pride to take away with from from the fans. Yeah, I think there is. In fairness, like that was. You always have that, I suppose, worry in the back of your mind and it looked like it was going to be realised. You're 2-0 down after 15 minutes. You know, there's a, there's a long 75 or 80 minutes to go and you're saying, you know, if they concede another one here now, you know, the floodgates could open. Like, But in fairness, and, you know, it, it didn't go that way. Um, I think that overall it was probably as, as good as it was going to go for them. You know, I it was important that they came out maybe without a real job in, in that game just to keep their confidence intact um, I'm sure they've won a few admirers with the way they certainly defended after conceding the two goals um, it was just a bit surprising that they didn't start the game that that way I picked up uh, something that, that Tommy said he thought they started the game very well and they spent uh, a lot of their players were in the dairy half and I, I, I thought that was the kind of problem I did see Ben Ben O'Reardon and you know, for me, in the first few minutes of a game like that, you'll be telling your full-backs to stay at home, just keep it nice and tight, just, you know, just get yourself a foothold in the game, turn the opposition and uh, work from there. And look, they had the worst possible start, but, you know, the one thing about that group is they've always shown great character and they certainly had to show it again on on Sunday, you know, just to get that goal back and, and, and you know, just to stay in the game for the whole 99 1995 minutes, which is what they did. Yeah, that is one thing that I clung on to, Noel, because, you know, your heart sinks, particularly when Brandon Kavanagh scores uh, at the back post. And, and as you said, you do fear the worst. But, you know, you were probably, you know, it's in the DNA of Treaty, you know, to, to hang into games, you know, and, and defend well and, and stay solid. So, you know, it, it was great to see that that resilience was still there uh, for the, the remaining 75 minutes. Yeah, it definitely was. And I think, look, there was some really good performances as well. Obviously, Jack Brady, I thought, had a fantastic game. And certainly, if you want to stay in a game like that, your keeper has to be in top form. And look, he's really done um, well. He's got better and better as the season has gone on in fairness to him. Um, he had a hard act to follow. You know, how good Ty Ryan was last year. But I think overall, you know, he's been as every bit as good as him. And he may well have a better playoff campaign than Ty Groin had particularly you know his first game against UCD um, I thought that Callum McNamara was really really good I thought he stopped a couple of certain goals 
with blocks. And uh, I think overall, Shane Gearns had a very good game as well in terms of, you know, how much activity there was. Thought the fullback struggled a little bit. Mm. And uh, I think, you know, something that we've touched on more than once, and particularly now with Waterford coming up, the the not so much the makeup of, of the midfield three, but, you know, the the positions that they play within that three, I think it's certainly... Uh, has been a bit of an issue at times for Treaty and certainly was an issue again on Saturday. And it's one that probably needs to be nailed down before a team like Waterford, playing a team like Waterford, who who certainly have given Treaty plenty to think about uh, in the last few months. Yeah, on, on the midfield that you mentioned there, Noel, obviously we know that Jack Lynch, you know, is great at making late runs. Obviously, we didn't really see that against Derry. Derry owned the ball. I'm, I'm speaking more in, in, in general, but... Do you, do you feel that maybe the, the Jack Lynch, Mark Walsh, uh, Lee Devitt, maybe three that you see in midfield with, with Jack maybe higher up, uh, do you think that that's maybe, you know, those three players are, are very defensive-minded and similar, or, or what way were you getting at there? Well, it, I mean, the issue was that when Derry had the ball, you know, if they didn't play a diagonal ball, particularly in the first half, they were able to uh, play a couple of passes straight up the middle of the pitch. They always seemed to have a man free there on the halfway line, you know, on the half turn, and receiving it and going attacking the treaty defence. And I suppose, you know, from, from a point of view, we're having three in the middle, you know, it was kind of puzzling as to why this was happening. And it did happen, you know, quite a number of times, particularly in the first half. And, you know, I've seen it happen against the likes of um, Waterford as well. Um, I do think that it's probably a shame that Stephen Christopher has to play wide at the moment, mm. you know, if he does have to play wide. Because I, I just felt that he'd start to play really well as that foil, if you like, for Ender Kern. You know, he's a neat and tidy player. He's doing a nice bit out of possession. Whereas I thought that Jacqueline struggled a bit in that role against Waterford. And uh, I think while he did do a lot of running and uh, you couldn't fault his effort, I wasn't quite sure that, you know, where he actually was playing. He seemed to be kind of everywhere. And in the end, for me, didn't really impact on the game as much as a guy of his calibre should. Yeah, maybe. I know one player, Noel, that did have an impact on the game in the in the few glimpses that he had was Willie Armshaw. You could see maybe he was our only out ball. I know that it was extremely frustrating for Tommy and, and maybe even the supporters a couple of times when Ender Curran got the ball and he didn't play it out to Willie Armshaw when he was instructed to do so because he did seem to get joy against Cameron Dummigan. And then obviously, you know, it was his run effectively towards the box that, that won the penalty, even though Jack Lynch was actually the beneficiary in, in terms of winning uh, the penalty. And then, of course, Noel, you know, after soaking up all the pressure, it might have been tr- very treaty like to, to score that chance for Willie, you know, his blistering pace away from Shane McElhinney. And when you see the replay, like it was just a couple of inches, really. There was there was nothing in it, but he did seem to come in for praise from, from Pat Morley and RT as well. Yeah, look, he's very eye-catching, isn't he? And... Donegham, in fairness, is, I think, a very much a weak link. Um, I didn't fancy him with Dundalk either, uh, particularly in the European games when they got the, the European run um, after Vinnie Port left. And, uh, you know, he was very poor for the penalty. Like, before he gave it away, he actually took a terrible touch on the ball mm. as well, where he probably should have maybe cleared it first time. Um, Willie Armshaw was very instrumental in that. As I said, very, very eye-catching. And um, look, he was a bit unlucky with the shot. You know, if we talk about chances, 
we can't really want that chance to go in and the eight or nine chances that Derry got as well not to go in. But um, it's great to see him in such good form and he certainly is someone who would give Treaty hope going into that Waterford game where, you know, if he does get a chance like that, he's certainly going to have to convert it. Yeah, look, I know I mentioned, Noel, that, you know, Derry dominated possession. As you said, I mean, they did have a, a load of chances. Another Richie Sadler said that Derry were, you know, playing like a team that you need the Premier team, excuse me, to play like when you want a cup upset, you know, in terms of not converting the chances they get. Um, I suppose if you're looking at it from Treaty's point of view, obviously they were their hope was to stay in the game until the last 10 minutes and then maybe spring one or two players on. Unfortunately for Treaty, I suppose, no, there was a lack of options on the bench. I noticed it straight away in terms of attacking-wise. There was no success Erdogan available to them and no Connor Melody. That would be normally the two players that would come on in an attacking role. Obviously, Fionn Doherty, you know, thrown in really at the deep end for the last few minutes. Um, do you think that maybe affected Treaty in terms of, you know, trying to get up the pitch in the last 10 minutes? Because obviously, Willie's chance was really the only chance they got up uh, that high up the pitch. Or do you think that it really was insignificant and that how dirty were a dominated possession? Yeah, I don't think it would make a big impact. I think the real issue with Treaty, I thought they were really flagging in those last 10 minutes. And, you know, I turned in terms of guys were really <laughs> struggling in, in terms of running and that. And uh, it was taking all of their time to kind of stay to stay in the game, you know, without thinking that someone was going to make a couple of 60 or 70 yard runs up the pitch, which is probably something that you'd have to do to make that chance. So, look, obviously, you know, I'm sure Ender Kern may well have come uh, come off a bit earlier if they had someone maybe like yeah. Dean George or our success in the bench. There's no doubt about that because he did go down a couple of times you know, holding his tie and holding his calf and that. And, you know, your worry then is, is 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 he going to be okay for the playoffs? But look, that's what you're dealt with sometimes in terms of striking options, but uh, a lot of ifs and buts. But I think it's more important that they have those guys available for the, the double header that's coming next week. Definitely. And, and there was a huge support from Treaty there as well, Noel, um, that seemed to be, a credit to the club in terms of the atmosphere. They created a really long journey and, um, you know, they made it clear that they were, you know, really proud of the team. So, you know, overall, it was, it was a great journey in the cup for, for the team in, in the second season. Yeah, listen, no doubt about it. I think overall, they'll have, you know, they'll have good memories of it. I don't think they'll have a whole lot of regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those chances seem to come around every few years for for a Limerick team and hopefully they'll be in a better position to capitalise on it the next time it does. Yeah, only our third though in 20, I think it's what, 26, 28 years, excuse me, you know, so hopefully they'll become a bit more frequent, but there has been two in the last five years, let's uh, remember, so hopefully that does come in, in more frequency in the, in the next few years, as you said. And um, We'll move on now, Noel, to Treaty's uh, last league game, which is the Mar- at the Max Field this Friday against Wexford. Before we get into team selections and maybe battles on the field, Noel, um, in terms of reviewing the season, the normal season for both sides, the normal regular uh, game, 32-game season, um, if you were Tommy Barrett and you played this out at the start of, of the campaign and you said, where do I want to be in the, the la- going into the last game of the season against Wexford, this, is this it? Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. And I think the the plus for Treaty is I think their form was poorer at the start of the season. Like they, they certainly got better as as the season went on. We spoke about a couple of players leaving the club and also the form of Enda Kern and to a lesser ex, as extent Dean George. Their goals have been massive for this club. I think at the start of the year, 
I did think that Treaty would finish fourth or fifth. And um, I think they have the squad, that they had the squad to do it, and they've certainly done it. And look, it's great that, you know, the, the first division has changed a lot, you know, since years ago where, you know, if you were out of sight of the leaders, the, the kind of season was, was virtually over. But, you know, with the fact that fifth place gives you a fighting chance to come back up in a in a, in a, a league with nine teams, well, then it certainly makes every game a lot more important and, and, and keeps the fans at the edge of their seats right to the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And to look at Wexford and all, um, looking at last season, obviously, you know, finishing where they did, you're looking at it. You did mention at the start of the season, I do remember it early, that it's very hard in the first division or in the League of Ireland in general to jump three or four places in uh, in one season. They have managed it, you know, but I, I do sense that there'll be a, a disappointment in Ian Ryan going into this last game because I really thought uh, maybe, what, four or five games ago that it looks like it was going to go right down to the wire and it certainly didn't in the end. So I think Wexford will probably be disappointed on that front. I think there's no doubt. I think... You know, you probably look at it and say, I think Treaty handled their, their cup run better mm. um, than Wexford did. They had a couple of poor results after some really great wins and performances in the cup. And uh, a lot of talk about Ian Ryan, I think Tommy mentioned it as well, and the bottom line is it's it's a results business. And I think they will be disappointed that they didn't get fifth. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying they should be there instead of Treaty. But, uh, you know, it is all about success and uh, they have fallen short. But, you know, I think for them, the game is probably more important than Friday night. Um, they have struggled to beat um, Treaty in the last two seasons. And I think it's a kind of a box that needs to be ticked for them, certainly with one eye and next season, that if, if they can get uh, a win on, tre- uh, on Friday night against Treaty, I think it'll just make the season a little bit better and give them a little bit more momentum going into next year but I think that they are going to be stronger and look we all see it in leagues all over the world a lot of new players came into Wexford this year you know good players but obviously they take time to gel and some players work and some players don't but on the basis of that if they can hold the nucleus of that squad and maybe bring a couple more in I think they'll certainly be a force certainly to get into the playoffs next year Yeah similarly to Treaty against Galway I suppose the Wexford and uh, it's a psychological hurdle for Wexford, I suppose, with, with Treaty, really, Noel. Um, I suppose in terms of, of team selection, I don't know about you, Noel, but I, I have a, a feeling, and you wouldn't have to be a brilliant analyst, I'd imagine, to say that um, there'll be at least three or four Treaty players wrapped up in, in cotton wool uh, this week, particularly the more experienced players, I'd imagine, Jack Lynch and the current Mark Ludden. I don't know if we'll see them on Friday night. Uh, a really good opportunity maybe for played the likes of Colin Conroy, Martin Coughlin and Darren Collins in particular who really haven't got much game time in the last few weeks. Yeah, I think so. And I think those lads will be very would have been very sore, I'd say, on Monday morning. You know, playing in that 4G pitch as well in that kind of intensity. I know it's a very, very big pitch as well, a very big, wide, long pitch. And uh, I'm sure guys are, are, you know, were sore for a couple of days after it. You know, the likes of Mark Ludden, He's a lot of games played. I just saw him running towards the end and I thought, you know, it was a bit of a struggle. We spoke about it end already as well. Jack isn't long back from injury and I think Jack Brady will probably get get a rest as well, I'd say. Do you think the one of the centre-backs will be given the night off if that's safe? Or else is that too much of a luxury, no? On, unless maybe Mark Walsh drops back into the back, as you said, you might see 
Colin Conroy and maybe Coughlin coming into the middle, which would kind of give him the option maybe to, you know, to go back with one mm-hmm. and go with a, a different front two. We don't really know how injured uh, success Erdogan is, but I'm sure it's a game that he, he probably should start, particularly as it's one of his ex-clubs as well. I believe it was and, actually uh, you know, possibly a family bereavement, Noel, but I don't want to be, you know, uh, to okay. uh, confirm. I don't have any confirmation on that, but I think that might have been why he was missing last weekend. All right. Well, look. I mean, obviously, we're we're sorry to hear hear that if that's the case, but certainly if 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 he's ready to play next Friday, I'm sure he should start the game and probably need to get 90 minutes into him. He yeah. probably needs to show a bit more urgency than he has shown. I think you know, in terms of his strength and power. He seems to go down a bit too easy for me in the tackle. And while we do know he's quick, he needs to show us more examples of him being quick as well. But uh, look, there'll probably be a run for Matt Keane as well, I'd say. Um, we don't know how Joel is, but I'm sure there will be three or four changes. But they'll still be hard to beat and they'll be determined to finish the season on a high as well. And uh, there'll still be a good atmosphere and feel-good factor around them. And they'll want to go into next Wednesday in a real positive frame of mind. Yeah, the, the first leg of the playoff, obviously, at Marksfield on Wednesday. The second leg will be at the RSC, provisionally anyway, which isn't fully confirmed for the Saturday. Uh, no, so it's going to be uh, effectively another mammoth task. I suppose if you look at the playoff, we'll discuss this in more detail before uh, next Wednesday anyway, Noel, but considering what happened last year where UCD came to town, uh, took away a 3-0 win, I remember you mentioning it on a couple of occasions before the second leg that they will regress that third goal that was conceded later on. Do you think that, you know, you know, John way a lot of people look at, you know, managers will look at it and say, we're okay, we're at home. We need to do something at home. I'd say Tommy Barrett will probably go with the mindset and all that they just have to be in it more in the second leg than last season. Yeah, I think so. You want to keep the tie alive. You know, if you win 2-1 or lose 2-1, you still feel you have a great chance. You know, it'll probably go to extra time and penalties. There's always that option as well. Um, I think last year was a real disappointment, particularly as Treaty had beaten UCD. And I don't think they, I don't know whether it might have been complacency or the fact that it was the big crowd, because we've spoken about that before. There'll certainly be a big crowd there next Wednesday, I'm sure, for that game. I think Waterford will bring a big crowd as well. Um, They're obviously right behind this team at the moment, and they're a team that are playing really, really well. And um, it, it certainly will be a big ask, but I think probably more cagey performance out of Treaty mightn't go amiss. And certainly, as I said, keep the tie alive at least. You know, if you can go down there with a win, better still, but certainly keep the tie alive. Yeah, and Noel, on a final note, which is not Treaty related, but it is Air Tristy League related, uh, the news was confirmed in a statement by Limerick FC that they won't be uh, renewing the, the licensed play in the, the Air Tristy or applying for the licensed play in the Air Tristy League underage uh, divisions which they have been playing their trading for up to three years now um, were you surprised Noel I know that the club in, in have said that you know they plan on still possibly playing in the, the underage leagues locally which I know they have been doing uh, as well uh, what's your take on it? To be honest with you I, I did have a conversation with Pat O'Sullivan a couple of years um, ago about it and I didn't think it was a great idea for two academy teams to be working out of Limerick, um, you know, to the detriment of the clubs. Um, I think the clubs are doing fantastic work, bringing a lot of players through. And uh, I thought, you know, some guys, if they go to that level and don't make it, or, or, or aren't kept, they're disenfranchised, if you like, at, you know, at 15 or 17. Um, and I do feel that, you know, you have guys who develop at all different ages, like the 
the best guys under 14 are not necessarily the best guys under 17. So um, I did say to Palace Sullivan that, you know, I, I, I felt that the license holder, whoever was representing the region in the League of Ireland, should be the sole um, underage representatives in the electricity underage league. And, and that's how I felt about it. Um, I still would like to see Limerick FC, you know, be part of the League of Ireland at some stage in the future. Um, still a the name, isn't there, not? Yeah, I, I still, you know, and look, I've spoken a lot about it to people. Some people agree, some people don't. I know um, Pat Dolan did a great article there a few months ago about it. And, you know, when you talk about the history of Limerick FC and the fact that they played Real Madrid twice and the likes of Tony Ward as a player and, you know, two uh, international managers in Owen Hand and Sam Allardyce. And, you know, the list goes on and on. There's a fantastic history there, you know, and it has touched a lot, not just in Limerick, but around Ireland and across the water as well. So certainly you wouldn't like to see that go. But uh, it did cause a bit of friction uh, throughout the underage leagues in Limerick. And, and I think it's fair enough that we do only have one representative in that league but certainly I wouldn't like to see uh, the demise of Limerick FC Yeah I agree with you on both counts there and my thanks once again to Noel O'Connor for joining us on the 36th episode we're, we're nearing the end Noel but we hope there isn't just two more episodes left we hope there might be possibly four uh, which would mean three they might have got to the, the full playoff final against Premier Division opposition but obviously that remains to be seen uh, over the next couple of weeks which will be a marathon finish to the season and uh, we hope that you can join us once again next week where we'll be digesting the game against Wexford obviously looking forward to the game, the double header against Waterford in quick succession. Uh, so we hope to see you then. Thank you.